0: my jackal buzzard I had an experience that I'll never forget uh, and it wasn't a hunting experience or anything like that it was just flying the bird obviously trying to just hunt something um, and then it was just late afternoon no thermals or anything but somehow this bird managed to hook a thermal and this bird just specked out but it, it first flew over the hill and then I was like okay after now go fetch this bird it's getting you know late and everything so I ran over the hill I can't find the bird sitting in a tree nowhere. I don't know where it is. Swinging the lure. Nothing. No birds popping out of nowhere.
1: Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of the Falconry Toll podcast. And I believe what is now the sixth episode in this Cape Falconry Club series. Many thanks to them for helping us make this series happen and for that initial invite. It's a trip I'll never forget. And I've enjoyed so much bringing these episodes out to you all. It's been a great experience. So thank you again to them for that. And also thank you to the Falconry Heritage Trust for the grant that helped make the travel expenses affordable for this trip. And without that small grant, it would have been very hard to pay for the airfare and other expenses to help make this trip happen and this series happen. So special thank you to them as well. If you haven't checked them out yet, head to falconryheritage.org. So you can find out more information about how to help support them and their continued mission in preserving the falconry heritage for generations to come around the world. And I also want to say thank you, of course, to our newest sponsor that you've heard me brag about many times before on here, being Bobby auger Crafts out of Poland. His equipment is second to none, it's top craftsmanship and it's all great handcrafted stuff that uh, it's really hard to beat quality wise so I highly recommend you check it out if you haven't yet. His anklets and jesses are, are my personal favorite as you've heard me say many times before so if you haven't checked him out yet just head to at Bobby Goshawk on Instagram Or you can find out the other information about how to contact him on our website at falconretold.com. And this episode is another episode that's kind of coming from another younger Falconer's perspective. Tian hasn't been in the sport for too awful long, but he's already had pretty decent amount of success and is kind of fortunate to be able to well i guess you could say fortunate or unfortunate depending on how you look at it but uh he's uh one of the young falconers right now that is also kind of being brought up in some of these more modified or experimental um, changes to the Western Capes rules and regulations under the Cape Falconry Club there. So it was kind of nice getting his take on what that's like and also hearing about some of his learning experiences that, um, you know, he's kind of learned both good and bad <laughs> as a young falconer in uh, south africa there so anyway i'm going to go ahead and uh turn things over to this conversation for you to enjoy uh with uh tn prince lu so here we go Tian so how do you feel i'm feeling good I'm good in you <laughs> <laughs> i'm good man um it's been a, a hectic week so far but um I'm glad that we finally got to see some some cool stuff this yep. morning, especially after um the uh the conundrum with your with your vehicle and everything. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not too bad, but you know what, we can still go out and walk, so <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, at least there was room to pile in with some other people. Yeah, yeah, luckily. <laughs> yeah. And
1: um so as far as, you know, the um the setup this morning and everything like is uh is that typically how you set up most of your slips i guess i should start off by saying yeah. congratulations too no, thank you because you were the the only one that saw catch anything this morning yeah, yeah. So. so
0: far it looks like i'm the only one that that has caught something yeah.
1: <laughs> well i mean that has to be a, a nice consolation prize yeah i, know. I hope that is <laughs> we'll see <laughs> i mean hopefully um there isn't anything too awful wrong with the uh, with your vehicle or anything uh, yeah, but no. uh... <laughs> i think it's minor issues but issues yeah. nonetheless yeah yeah <laughs> Well so like I say congratulations again it was really cool getting a chance to to see a a long wing have a mm. nice flight and yeah, yeah. uh and and take a take a head of game yeah. and and so tell me a little bit more about you know the ducks that you have here because that it just boggles my mind that that there's a species like that and and maybe it's just not a species thing mm. maybe it's more just like I said that they're not used to being hunted and stuff. Well, but
0: yeah okay so the one the species that we hunt quite a lot of is the yellow bull duck which is what i caught this morning we've got a couple teal species the um, cape teal the red bull teal which we also hunt but they tend to be quite ratty so if they feel pressured or whatnot they'll turn back and go straight for water and if there's a falcon in the air they might they just stay there sometimes so it can be quite tricky to get them off the water and to break from the water um, yellow ducks they they're quite easy you just have to Scare them a bit and they'll often just break away and they'll try to outfly the falcon. And that's now great because, you know, it puts up a good flight for the bird. Um, we also have sh- uh, shovelers. Uh, they, yeah, I, I've never hunted one. I don't, I've never tried so far with this bird that I've got. From what I've heard, they're really fast and they're quite tricky to catch. Um, and yeah, that's that's the ones I can think of. There are other species. Uh, there's many species of all sorts of quarry here yeah, that we can try to hunt, but that's the main ones that we're targeting. And what else are you trying to actively hunt right now? Well, in the, like, the area where I currently fly the most, is it's easier to hunt duck. Uh, there, there is guinea fowl, but it's a bit tricky now with the bird that I've got because I don't have a dog. So it is tricky to get now a perfect setup. I can maybe try, but I can't like, guarantee a perfect outcome from a flight um, there is also the Cape Frank Franklin um but they also in my area again it's a bit tricky to to find them. I don't really have the permission land and permission with lots of them on the farms. Uh, up here now in the mountains where we are we have grey wing, which is a, like a great species to hunt but again you need good dogs to find them and to get you know nice point and all and flush perfectly um, yeah and there's also rock pigeons. that's another quarry that we can also take with the falcons um i haven't really tried them i'd like to but the wheat's now a bit long so hopefully in they harvest the rock pigeons will come in and eat the leftover grain yeah then there will be some nice setups hopefully
1: <laughs> and as far as the land that you have access to mm-hmm. all these different farmers land i mean are there any other falconers like
0: more just immediately close to you i think uh i think yeah there is one guy that's He works quite close to where I fly, so he's got some farms cleared around his work. So he flies there, Um, but I've never had like bumped into him or anything like that. Uh, I think some of the other guys have farms around where I fly, but for them it's mainly like uh, the odd weekend they'll go out there or something like that and fly there. It's not a, a regular spot for them to go fly.
1: With, with what you've caught so far, mm-hmm. I mean, are ducks still predominantly like the, the favorite you know quarry that, that you hunt so far?
0: Well, I'm still quite young with falconry mm-hmm. and I'm still chopping and changing with the species of birds I'm trying. Mm-hmm. So now this year is the first year of the peregrine and she's hunting duck. So it's my first proper year now going after duck and I'm enjoying it. I'll definitely, I definitely think I'll continue doing it. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying it at the moment, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and and so how many years have you have you been in it then?
0: I've been I think it's now 4 years, close to 4 years, something, yeah, around yeah. that much, yeah.
1: Yeah, and um so as far as, you know, the the way the system works mm-hmm. here and everything, you know, what's been, you know, kind of your overall experience, I mean,
0: have you really had any any issues or anything or i personally haven't had any issues i think that the club has been very supportive of the youngsters and yeah they really do help you and guide you to make progress and yeah if i look at myself that's just what's happened you know i started off with a, a female jackal buzzard which was a rehab and now i'm you know after a couple years i'm now flying a, a captive bred uh, peregrine so i think it yeah, if you just look at it, look at it like from that angle, mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, making progress quite quite quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: as far as the 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 peregrine that you're flying mm-hmm. right now, I mean, are you the first
0: person to fly it, or is somebody else fly it before you? Uh, this one was passed down to me from mm-hmm. another falconer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as far as I know, he just yeah he wasn't flying her anymore, and she was just uh, sitting in a pen. Um, he does captive the breeding of falcons, and I don't think he sort of paired her up with any other bird or anything. So, yeah, he just wanted someone to fly the bird. And I was now open, and free, looking for a bird, yeah. And how many seasons, like, was this bird flown before? I think she's now with me, she's flying her th- third season. But I think she's only had one complete season of hunting. Yeah? Gotcha.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I mentioned it several times before now. I mean, people have heard me say this, I'm sure, multiple times in, in this series, but... You know, it's like I said, how, how you all do things here and you know, how all of the birds kind of belong to the the club, even mm-hmm. if you were to buy one and things, it's, it's still so, it's still such a foreign like concept <laughs> yeah, yeah. to me, you know? So, yeah. I mean, is, as, as far as, you know, what you've done so far, I mean, kind of talk a little bit about, you know, the experience with, with the, um, With the buzzard, and and I mean, I know Andre was telling me that as far as I don't know species goes, they're Mm. kind of the one that's the most closely related to our red tail, or fairly close. Like, I mean, what was your
0: experience with that bird? Well, I was now young and fresh in the falconry world, so for me, it was like I got a bird and it's got talents; it can catch stuff. So that's what I wanted to do. So none of the sort of preconceived ideas of the species sort of stopped me from doing things. So I was just like, okay, let's hunt things. It's a big bird. I think she was, I can't remember exactly what her weight was, but she was definitely over a kilogram. So quite a big, chunky bird. Um, and I was just like, okay, let's just try and catch stuff. But uh, they're, not, they're not quite like your red tails that will just go for bigger quarry species, especially like the bigger um, rodents or mammals. So I, I think I tried her on guinea fowl. Uh, the best I got was her just flying and landing amongst the guinea fowl and then she would just look at them and follow one around a bush and then they would all just gang up on her and chase her off. Um, I've also tried her on Cape Franklin and that surprisingly, she seemed to be quite keen on them. I'm not sure if it was the coloration or the way they scurried around the ground or between the bushes and things. Not sure what it was that sort of got her attention, but she she would actually go for them. And she's pulled feathers on them before, but never once actually caught, caught one. Um, she caught uh, young Egyptian geese, which wasn't really challenging for her because uh, they just were they couldn't really fly and they were just running around the fields. But then again, it was yeah they are sort of a pest bird here in the area. Mm-hmm. So the farmers were happy and yeah, so she caught them. She uh, caught the odd mouse or two. Um, but yeah, so, but like again, I was just trying to have fun. I was just trying to get that bird up and trying to hunt things and so on. So yeah, and again, it's a buzzard. It's sort of a bird that's tricky to get going. Um, and the guys, I think they use it as a sort of beginner bird to see uh, you really are into this. And it's it's a big bird. And if you make a mistake with handling it or something, it will show you, it will foot you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, my bird was quite a sweetheart. So she wasn't too, too <laughs> aggressive or anything to, towards me, especially if I made mistakes or whatnot. Um, so I enjoyed the bird. Uh, later on, released her on my grandpa's farm. And yeah, my grandpa still, still saw her flying there a couple of weeks later and, you know, months later still there. So I'm sure she's doing good. Yeah. I know Andre was telling me that, um, yeah, he, that was one of
1: the things that he thought it was pretty funny about, you know, when he, when, uh, you know, he took you on as a you know the apprentice mm-hmm. and stuff is is yeah. Normally the those buzzards they they really aren't all that you know friendly yeah, yeah. for the most part. But yep. for whatever reason, you end up one with one that was just a sweetheart yeah, for someone. Yeah, reason. yeah I'd, it's so funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you know, it really is kind of amusing how sometimes I mean, whether it's a blessing or a curse. Mm. Later, we end up with uh, these really nice birds as our yeah. first oh. bird and stuff, but. I yeah. had one that was kind of similar as well, oh, is, you know, with, with my first red tail. But, I mean, so, so I mean, <laughs> well, how many had a game then did you end up taking with that bird?
0: Oh, probably like three or four. It yeah, was not, really not, not a lot. many. No, yeah. no, no. It was more of yeah. just, yeah, this just a gauge, a litmus test mm, kind of bird yeah. for you. Then. But, I mean, I was enthusiastic and I just, yeah, wanted to do it. So, I tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And as far as you know your your next, mm. you know whenever you yeah. were able to move to your to your next bird, what was what was the next experience? My,
0: my next bird was a musket, African goshawk. That bird was actually flown by Fred, another member of the club. Um, and so we, he got the bird actually from my garden. It was a passage bird. Uh, actually it was still so okay, first of all the, there was a breeding pair of African goshawks just on, on the other side of our wall our property um and there was one youngster in the nest and that one now grew up to hang around the garden and me being me i'm interested in the birds and i was having fun so this guy would come and sit in our garden and the goshawks our african goshawks can become quite tame especially if they grow up uh, or uh, they what do you call it the nest is now in a urban area and the nestlings you know grow up in that urban area they mm-hmm. become quite used to people mm-hmm. so this guy was pretty chill around people you could walk in the garden and oh wow you'll just see oh they sitting right above you two meters above your head. <laughs> so later on I would take a, you know a pigeon wing or whatnot and I'd like throw it out for him and he would actually come down to it and I'd try and creep closer to him. It actually got to the stage that he would sit in the tree and I could climb up to him and while he's eating I could touch the food and his feet. Um, yeah and then Fred now was looking for a goshawk so we trapped that bird for him and then he was flying it for. I don't know how long it was, but he flew it for quite a while, uh maybe a few months or whatnot. then then he passed the bird on to me, and then yeah then I started having fun um and that that bird for me was still like yeah you know, the bird that I sort of clicked with, and we yeah you know, we hunted quite nicely together and I was still in school then, so it was quite fun, you know, in the afternoons run back home or yeah you know, get back home check the bird, oh, the bird's on, wait, now I've got to, you know, quickly before tennis practice or hockey practice, I've now got to run out, fly the bird, <laughs> and it doesn't matter what the weather was, and luckily for me, I had smaller farms, um, like farmland around our, our property, so I could quickly now run out there and fly the bird in the rain and terrible winds, whatever, just fly and catch a few small birds and then quickly back home off to, you know, sport practice, whatever, and that was fun. And he definitely learned, okay, we're working as a team. Um, and yeah, got to the stage that I could just walk the field. you would take off from the glove, chase, chase, chase something. If he misses, you will either land, um, then I'll walk past, and then you will come back to the glove just out of his own, ready for the next slip. And yeah, it was quite efficient hunting as well, because he knew we were working as a team. So I just literally had to walk a field, and he was now yeah keen to hunt and always ready. So I had lots of fun with that bird.
1: <laughs> and as far as, you know, the, the, you, you mentioned you trapped it. Like, do you use uh, BCs or yeah, Dogazes yeah, that, for those? That we used the
0: BC. And he was yeah. so chilled and tame. It wasn't much of a mission. I was going to so, he probably yeah. just landed on it and just kind of let you <laughs> <laughs> pull him off of it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we even like i don't know some of the the cooper's hawks and different things that that we have in our urban areas i mean they can definitely get more used to people it, it, it was yeah. something we've noticed but sometimes they get almost too too comfortable yeah, you yeah. Know, like hey do you guys have any issues with some of your african goshawks as far as some public places like do they uh you know, like nests in parks or anything
0: and, and you have issues with them or anything with them? I don't think you have issues with them being around and annoying people in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you often find them in your chicken coop or your pigeon coop or yeah. like, yeah, you, know, you just, they yeah, you, know, you know, if you've got some small, sort of small bird uh, as a pet, they might rock around and show up, you know. <laughs> so in that case, yeah, people might see them and, oh, this is a bit of a problem. Those birds now Attacking my pets or something, you know? Yeah. So I think in that case, yeah. But it's not like they're a problem bird in general. Yeah. They just... So they don't often nest around where where they, people are? They they will. You'll find them in parks and people's gardens and mm-hmm. everything. Um, and the African goshawks, they quite like the fig trees um, around here. Quite interesting. They're also there by our yard. They nested in the, uh, the fig tree just across the wall from us. or the property from us. And yeah. So... It's definitely fig trees other guys in the club have also noticed that they they find the nest quite a lot in fig trees and fig trees you do get a couple of them in the towns um so yeah that's you're often where you'll find a nest as well gotcha so you said you're you're graduated now you're not yeah i'm finished with school high school so we got i uh, finished with grade 12 here in south africa mm-hmm. i'm now at a uh, university uh studying
1: it probably must be pretty difficult then you know like you said you were involved in in a lot of sports and stuff. And well, yeah, you're that in school, was now but... in school. Yeah, yeah but yeah. now
0: at the moment, it's yeah, there's no, not really yeah. much sport going yeah. on.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, how many times a week were you able
0: to fly then with with sports and everything while you still were in in high school? I made it every day. Yeah, I just took the bird out and I went. It was just yeah. And I think later on, I did uh, stop playing tennis, and that was just yeah, it was just to make, make a bit more time and. It was also getting now later in my school career, and it was just like I need to focus on one sport maybe because it's just mm-hmm. a bit too much going to all the different sports and so on. So yeah, then I just focused on hockey, and then I had time to fly the birds as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't even know you guys had hockey here.
0: Oh yeah, but it's not <laughs> the ice hockey; it's yeah, yeah field hockey. Field hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotcha. Well, that's cool. Yeah, no, I um,
1: no, that's that's awesome that you know even even as a kid. You know, I mean, and you're still so young as mm-hmm. it is, obviously, but, um, you know, like being in school and, you know, having that much dedication to, you know, make it an everyday thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can imagine then it's probably really not surprising that you've been able to advance as quickly as you have. Well, but. yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, if you're dedicated, you dedicate it and then mm-hmm. you stick to it. So, you yeah. know, yeah, it doesn't matter what circumstances you and in unless it's really impossible but oftentimes you just make a you know just make a plan yeah so and that's yeah you know, I, I wouldn't say it was too challenging but again i can imagine for if you look at now a younger person you know there's always like video games and other stuff that can keep you busy for me it was like no, i want to get out and fly the bird <laughs> yeah 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 so you didn't do a lot of the other
1: distract distractful oh, things no that... no
0: Uh oh, yeah. no i didn't have any video games or anything like that um my parents were definitely uh, they weren't too keen on getting it for me because I know, like, when I was really young, I saw all the other kids, like, with video games and stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, I really want one. <laughs> and they were like, no, no, no. And I think they, uh, I think that, okay, my parents are obviously good parents, I think. And they knew now, okay, I've got this little spark in me, this falconry thing growing. And I think they wanted to now sort of, you know, uh, keep that going. And they, yeah, I think they try to keep these distractions away from me. And yeah, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So,
1: so they, so after seeing how just um, ate up With everything that you are, they don't regret just going ahead and just getting you an Xbox or PlayStation and being done with it. No, they
0: joke. They make that joke as well. They're like, oh, we should have just gotten you an Xbox because this Falcon is way worse. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking too much about it and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that Mm -hmm. they
1: probably would almost rather you be obsessed and probably would have been easier to deal with. You know, all the things you had going on yeah, if you were just a, a quote-unquote normal <laughs> <Yep>. teenager or <laughs> yeah. whatever.
0: But, uh, well, what are you studying right now? In, in... So, I'm doing a bachelor's in sciences um, of, uh, in biodiversity and ecology. Yeah, that's what I'm doing at Stellenbosch University. But, yeah, Stellenbosch University, it's actually a town. So, the university is part of the town. Um, if you drive through there, it's a lot of students. It's all over the place. So it's kind of between where you live and Cape Town. Yeah, way, yeah. So, so it's and, literally like halfway between where, yeah, you know, um, where we were for the conference, and then my home. So okay. when we were driving back, if you had to look on the right, it would have been on that side. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so
1: gotcha. Yeah, know that that helps a little bit, you know. So mm. it's kind of right in between there, and yeah, because where we were at in the conference was mm. pretty much like downtown, like yeah, that Cape was, Town, right? Yeah, that
0: was basically Cape yeah. Town. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, and. I mean, I guess it probably helped with you, you know, having so many accessible areas to hunt so mm-hmm. close to where you live. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that probably is the only real thing that made
0: it really feasible for you to get out every day while yeah. you're in school, right? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. I could just walk or hop on my bicycle or something like that, and it's pretty easy. Um, some of the other farms that were a bit further away, my parents would drop me off and then come pick me up like an hour or so later. That was quite funny if I caught something within the first few minutes, (laughs) because then I'm just sitting there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was pretty easy to just get around to the farms close to me.
1: So as far as the birds that you have flown so far, I mean, what are the main differences that you've noticed and like how difficult has it been for you to kind of, um, you know, pick up on, you know, working with, you know, these birds, different personalities and Mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, what are some of the things that you've learned from some of these birds? Okay.
0: I'm just quickly going to name all the birds I have flown. Mm-hmm. So I've flown now the jackal buzzard and the gosshawk. Then mm-hmm. um, after that, I flew the red, uh, red-breasted sparrowhawk, um, then a lana falcon, a female, and now the peregrine. So the jackal buzzard definitely was a big bird and made me realize, okay, these things can hurt me. But she wasn't too bad, so yeah. Um, and that bird didn't teach me much about weight management because it's such a big bird and slow me- uh, metabolism. Um, but it definitely taught me things about, okay, walking in the field, watching the bird and all that sort of things. Um, the gossel definitely taught me a bit more field skills in terms of hunting and, you know, stalking quarry and so on. And also trying to get the bird to work with you so that you don't now end up with a situation where the quarry is flush and the bird's not with you or it's sitting in a tree somewhere else or something like that. The red spa was a bit more tricky because I think it's just because of when I... Trapped that bird, it was still a bit inexperienced in terms of hunting itself. It, it, yeah, I think it was quite a young bird and hadn't yet caught a lot of quarry. So I was sort of, yeah, it had to learn around me, which made it a bit difficult because you, know, if you trap a passage bird, you'd think, okay, now I can just hunt anything. It knows what it's doing. For me, on the other hand, it was a bit more like, oh, I have to now show this bird how to hunt what it can hunt. That was a bit tricky. The lanner. They're quite intelligent birds, so they quickly realised the easiest way to get food. Um, and I found that a bit difficult. That bird a bit difficult to get going on game. Um, eventually, we just found. Uh, eventually, I caught. Um, it was it's called a thick knee, uh, and we call it a duck So eventually, she just caught one of them, and I don't know flip switched in her, and she started becoming a bit more keen on catching things. So yeah. And then, yeah, this, fe- this female peregrine I'm flying now, she just, she's just game for everything. She's, yeah, she, her mentality is just see something flying, I want to catch it. So it's a bit easy with her to work with her in terms of hunting, you know. What are the kind of things that, that you, you did
1: to, I don't know, like with your, you know, I don't know, uh, hunting conditions and things. Yeah. I mean, what were some of the things that you did to try and, and work through some of those things?
0: Well, First thing, I just try to get it to realize, okay, straight from the glove, you got to chase something. So then I use small lures or so on and made it look like little birds. Um, Sometimes even just took bird carcasses. And I would throw that out, try and drag it with a fishing line or something, try to make a little system where I could pull it away from you, um, just to get that bird to realize, okay, you got to catch that. And then also with eating those small carcasses, bird carcasses and things, you would obviously realize, okay, feather means, okay, bird, it's a food, I can now chase that. Then it was just, yeah, just, you know, walking through a field quite a lot until she eventually, um, you know, started chasing things until she actually caught something. Then once she caught that first bird, it was, I wouldn't say easy after that, but then she realized, okay, these little small birds popping out from the bushes, I can actually catch them. Um, Only thing is she caught, uh, I think the first bird that she caught was a cysticula. I don't remember which specific species, but um, then she sort of got hooked on uh, cysticulas and they pretty easy for a red spot to chase. Um, then it yeah, you know, then it became almost too easy for her to catch them and she focused too much on them. And it yeah, you know, it they weren't sort of pushing her limits in terms of how she could fly and chase a quarry. So then it was a mission of trying to, you know, avoid them and try to flash other things for her. And that took quite a while until she actually connected with something other than a cesticula, and from there just, you know, got another species, got another species and then By the end of the season we were having quite nice flights on pretty much anything any quarry yeah that's obviously um the right size for it to catch yeah Yeah. well
1: and as far as weight management from Mm. from bird to bird and stuff too like i mean i know you said that you didn't really learn much um from the from the buzzer in that regard but you know with with the smaller birds Mm -hmm. and then going from that to the you know the 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 long wings (laughs) I mean, what would have been some of the different things that you've noticed worked best for you in regards to, you know, the weight management with these different yeah. species?
0: Um, so the musket, Afgos, he definitely had a faster metabolism, not quite as fast as the red spa, but it was fast. And I learned quite a bit on, on him with, you know, checking the food, making sure he had the right amount of food and weighing him twice a day or so, or weighing him several times throughout the day to make sure he's on weight. But then again, he was quite a easygoing bird and... If he was slightly off weight, it didn't really affect him that much. He was pretty much keen to go after stuff. The red spa was a bit more finicky, just because of the metabolism and being quite a small bird and sensitive to temperature and so on. Um, so I did keep her pretty much in a wendy house, which was still it wasn't quite as warm as inside. Or the climate in the, uh, or the wendy house's temperature and so on is not quite as constant as what it would be in like inside the house, but it was definitely not like different to it was definitely more constant than than just a normal plain sort of muse that, you know, fresh air can move in and out. So it was, yeah, the Wendy House solid wood sides definitely kept the temperature more constant, made it a bit more easier to predict her weight and so on. Um, I definitely had days where I mispredicted her weight and she was a bit off weight or whatever. Um, and I also weighed her twice a day or so. Sometimes just several times throughout the day. Another thing I did with her is uh, um, throughout the day, I'll give her some little tidbits and so on just to make sure she still has that energy. By the time we're out hunting, she's actually got some energy in her still. Um, Yeah, so just making sure that her tank is the whole time going. <laughs> you know, there's some fuel.
1: And what were you primarily feeding during, you know, to kind of keep metabolisms a little bit more, mm. you know, consistent from... Well,
0: yeah, so I was feeding her basically pigeons back then, uh, pigeons that we shoot. And obviously the quarry she catches, i allow her to eat it and then she'll get a blood crop or whatnot. Then from there, it's just wait until she's back down to wait and then take her out again and hunt, yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, were you feeding most of the birds that she flew pigeon, though, or were you feeding anything different from... Well,
0: reason? if I could get something else, I'd give it to them, uh, quail. or Yeah, but it's, it's mainly pigeon just because there's so many of them in the area and you can get permission to now shoot them Mm -hmm. and you can fill up the freezer with them as well so it's quite convenient yeah well
1: and that's something else i was talking to andre about before you know i i asked him you know if you guys commonly you know feed a lot of pigeon because Mm. i mean that's something that you know we we have to be really conscientious Mm. of because Mm. of a lot of our pigeons we have access to you know of course have the typical diseases and everything but i mean do you find that where you're shooting your uh, pigeons for food that they tend to have carry less disease and stuff, or are you guys just, uh, uh, you know, do take the same measures in how you you
0: prep them and everything? Yeah. So yeah, we personally where I shoot, I don't think I've that many issues with disease, but then again, it can be anywhere. You never know. Uh, we definitely we freeze the pigeons, so hopefully some diseases will die off from freezing mm-hmm. um, then obviously when we defrost the pigeon and we feed it we, we usually take the head and the whole crop out so that if there's any sort of disease in there somewhere it's you know gone and guts and stuff we try to avoid feeding as well so that's what we try to do yep. but okay. then again things can happen the, de- the disease can you know somehow pop up and there it is on your like your bird has got it and now it's a problem it happens so yeah.
1: yeah yeah because there's quite a few that freezing really doesn't, yeah, doesn't yeah, affect yeah yeah yeah, too. Yep, yeah i'm just curious you know like i said it um, you know it's it's kind of nice learning you know i mean what consistencies between different countries mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. and yeah, you know yeah. how you know and and what you're feeding some of these different species that we don't really have much experience with mm-hmm. and i didn't figure it'd be too much different but i you know like i said i didn't know how many subtle differences there there might be you know between yeah, yeah. how you know we do things versus how you all do things yeah, and yeah. you know i mean i didn't know if you all like you know i've i've heard you i've heard you all mention kind of you know different intervals as far as like hours of, of you know like the, the crop and, and stuff mm-hmm. yes yeah. you know in 24 48 yeah, you know yeah. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i mean just i mean if you don't mind just kind of explain that a little okay. bit how you guys go about doing some of that yeah. stuff
0: so with the bigger i guess you can do it with any bird the sort of 24-hour crop, 36 or 48-hour crop um, but you tend to do it with the birds that got a bit of a slower metabolism such as the lanner. So I also did it a bit. You would feed them and then you would try and let that crop put over and you would leave them for quite a while, especially lanner, because they they're a desert bird and they can obviously go for quite a while without food. And you you fly them in a high condition but hungry. So they, especially when you're hunting they if they land especially if they're hungry they'll they'll put in the effort and catch something um so if you do now like a 36 hour crop or 48 hour crop it just just gets that hunger going where they'll actually now want to you know definitely try and catch something mm-hmm. and then again with the with the peregrines we also do it like myself now my bird caught something today gave a good crop i might fly now tomorrow afternoon just to give it that little bit of time just to put over the food and so on yeah yeah Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds pretty, pretty consistent for the Mm -hmm. most
1: part. I mean, didn't figure it probably wouldn't be, but well, that's, that's cool. Like I said, thanks for elaborating on that stuff a little bit. But I mean, as far as, you know, what you've experienced so far, I mean, with everything, like what has been kind of your favorite bird to fly so
0: far out of the ones that you've flown? I kind of enjoyed all of them. The jackal buzzard. Not so much in terms of hunting, but <laughs> yeah. it was def- definitely fun to be outside with a bird, you know, just mm-hmm. being out and outdoors. Uh, I enjoyed all the birds The Afgos or African Goswok I enjoyed just because he worked well with me. And I felt like this is an awesome team going. The Red Spa was just awesome to watch because it's chasing these small birds and putting in long, you know, chases and so on. Um, the Lana was just fabulous to watch in terms of the bird thermaling and just specking out in the sky and then putting in these, you know, massive stoops. Um, and the peregrine as well' is just you know, the sheer speed and you know the hunting capabilities as well so yeah it's just <laughs> <laughs> so you, you refuse to pick a favorite yeah i refuse or... <laughs> i think I've, I've enjoyed i've enjoyed all of them um I definitely i do I must say flying a long wing and just putting the bird up and then you have basically like five to ten minutes and you gotta everything's got to happen in that time that time frame it can be a bit boring for me because it's just happened so quick. And sometimes I have that sort of urge in me to just keep going. And with my Lana as well, once I flew for well over an hour, just because I refuse to, you know, like I'm just, I want to flush stuff. So I just run like crazy in the field and the birds above me and follows me. So I enjoy that as well. But then again, it gets frustrating if you run around for an hour and you don't catch something. So it's, yeah, I also enjoy that thing of just that you got that time frame. You put the bird up, the bird has a chance to chase. Of the bird now uh the bird now doesn't manage to catch the quarry, you can now call the bird down, reassess what happened, what you can do differently next time, and you try the next day. You try to now make a slight change or whatever, and then you can see the results, you know, the next day or the following day or whatever. And then you can sort of make changes and then you'll yeah, you know, you'll see some results, obviously. Yeah.
1: Well, and kinda of going back a little bit then to kind of you know your experience so far with you know the the system and and everything Mm -hmm. like i mean just from a young person's perspective who's relatively new and coming in and and you know still kind of in it Mm -hmm. you know and and trying to work your way up you know to you know kind of you know put in your tenure and everything Mm like is there anything so far that you think that you know you would you know, would rather see be a little different? Or are you pretty happy overall with the way the system
0: is? I'm pretty happy with the way it is. Uh, I'm also sort of, I feel like I'm also at that stage where I'm quite kind of just going with the flow and I'm not being too picky as to what I want or anything. So, um, yeah, I'm quite just happy with how it is, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, as far as, um, you know, like, y- you think that there's, you know, overall, like, an adequate amount of people that i mean i know you said that so far your experience has been great with you know mm-hmm. the mentorship and the mm-hmm. other people being willing to help but i mean do you see that continuing to be you know sustainable for for the for the cape
0: club or i, I think so i think we'll definitely maintain that standard and could even get better or it should i think it will actually as well um and yeah i think it will definitely get better at yeah. all Okay,
1: Well, you're listening to this, Andre. You're, 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 you're hearing, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth. He's, he's going to take up the mantle, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but anyway, uh, no, like I said, I, like I I think that, you know, like I've mentioned before also, there's always things that, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, you think might be able to be improved upon or mm. could be tweaked to be a little bit better or whatever. But, you know, it's it's sometimes hard to appreciate some of that stuff whenever you're still kind of coming up but yeah, yeah. but you know there's also sometimes things that for some people at least in their situation are kind of glaringly obvious you know from the get go but i yeah. mean if you if you've had an overall great experience so far yeah. then that's then that's awesome yeah, yeah. But, so as far as um you know, a particular hunting experience or, you know, I know, I know you refuse to pick (laughs) a favorite favorite, and all that kind of stuff, (laughs) but like, as far as memorable flights or memorable experiences with your birds so far, what's been like the one that's kind of stuck out in your mind the most?
0: There's there's too many, actually. Some of them are just, it's not even like they were just nice things to see the way the bird flew, even odd things just as the, like a bird's wing beat or something a bit funny, just like, Sparrow orbs, the way they can just, you know, turn or something through cover. I can't really pick now. I don't know. I'll have to think now. (laughs) Um, I must say, okay, my jackal buzzard had an experience that I'll never forget. uh, And it wasn't a hunting experience or anything like that. It was just flying the bird, obviously trying to just hunt something. Um, And then it was just late afternoon, no thermals or anything. But somehow this bird managed to hook a thermal and this bird just specked out. But it it first flew over the hill, and then I was like, okay, I have to now go fetch this bird. It's getting, you know, late and everything. So I ran over the hill. I can't find the bird sitting in a tree, nowhere. I don't know where it is. Swinging the lure, nothing, no birds popping out of nowhere. And, and I wasn't flying with telemetry at that time with that bird. Um, and then I looked up, and I see this bird pretty high up, starting to circle. And, you know, there's my bird up in a thermal. Had no idea there would be a thermal that time of the day. And there she goes. And I'm just standing there swinging the lure, trying to get her attention. Nothing's happening. And she just specks out. And I'm freaking out. So then <laughs> so then I started just ran. Like, she drifted off to the one side as she was now hooked this, uh, like, late thermal. And so I started just running that direction. Don't know why. Just going crazy. Just trying to get there or something. Um, then, yeah, then I was sort of about to give up. Just swinging the lure, I'm like, "Oh, Flip, this bird's gone." So then I started walking home, and it was pretty late. So yeah, on my way home, I'm now pretty sad. I'm like, "Flip, how I'm gonna now explain this to the club? My bird's gone and everything." And I'm like, "Oh shucks." Now, <laughs> then, then I uh, yeah, I just happened to look off to the side, and I see Flip. There goes my bird. So mm-hmm. I think while I was now running around, going crazy, swinging the lure, my bird saw me way up there, stooped down, but. I packed up my stuff, and she obviously now thought, oh, the lure's gone, where are the flipper's a lure? So <laughs> then she just stopped mid-air, from, uh, stopped from stooping, whatever. Then yeah, then I just happened to see her flying there. She was still pretty high. Then I was like, oh, great. And I, and I couldn't really tell if it was her. It could have just been an odd bird. And then I just happened to see the Jesses. So then I was like, oh, great. Swung the lure, and she put in a nice pretty stoop straight to me, landed on the lure, and yo, I was relieved. But that, yeah, that I'll definitely not forget. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a great hunting experience, but it was definitely the first time I felt stressed, like my bird was gone. And then I had that, you know, that bird came back and I felt like that relief again. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> i yeah i can relate to that i had a similar experience yeah i mean i think most apprentices and early apprentices especially kind of have at least one of those yeah, yeah, where they yeah. they just think that they're going to be the biggest you know failure ever <laughs> yep, or whatever yep. but um well and, and kind of on that note i mean what's been kind of the hardest lesson you've heard you've learned so far with your birds mm. like what's been the the uh the the biggest mistake i guess you've made so far that you've had to learn from or
0: um it doesn't even have to be a big one or whatever but i mean like there's lots of little mistakes along the way Mm. um and lots of them are common little things so i don't know (laughs) I, I can't really think of a big major one or anything like that well i
1: mean if you've not had a big major one yet then that's good yeah I, I, mean, I don't know if
0: it's good it means
1: that it's, there's still mistakes
0: to to come you know <laughs> oh yeah so, <laughs> well you'll you'll make one eventually i'm yeah, sure yeah. but it's part um, of it
1: but um well i mean what's been do you think the most valuable small one that, that you've Oh, oh actually it?
0: yeah no i've got a mistake i got a mistake <laughs> this this bird that i have just received now at the beginning of this year this peregrine um i was now training her to the drone and now we moved off the drone and now we're free flying and i thought oh no this bird she knows that we're working together Mm -hmm. then i was a bit stupid and i put uh, a little thermal (laughs) and the it was the thermals were strong and there was also quite a strong wind as well so she got pushed off further and further away it ended up becoming a tracking session (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah only a couple hours later did we find her and you're i was stressed and i had to have help from other falconers and everything yeah, that was definitely stupid, just thinking. Uh, and also, I came from the lander, which is, they can be quite loyal, and, yeah, yeah. so I thought, no, if it's, uh, you know, the bird will be the same as the one before, but no, <laughs> so that was definitely, definitely a mistake. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, thanks for being transparent about, you know, yeah. being willing <laughs> to share. I mean, we all learn from each other, you mm-hmm. know, so, but, um well, I mean, overall, I, I think, you know, I mean, unless you can think of really anything else, it'd be noteworthy to to share. I mean, I, I do want to get like one last, um, you know, like sentiment from you or, you know, the, the best piece of advice that you can think of so far. I mean, I know you haven't really been doing this for yeah. a super long time, but I mean, you know, from your perspective as another young Falconer and, um, not just, you know, young as far as your tenure, mm-hmm. but young in, in age as well. I mean, yeah. what's, what's been the, what, what do you think it's the best piece of advice that you think you can pass on?
0: I think, okay. Well, what I did, that I think I'd like sort of pass over pass over to other people is I, I just had a pure interest in birds of prey and I looked at a bird book and I thought, okay, which birds for me interested me and which ones I'd like to hunt with. So yeah, I sort of lined up my interest of style of hunting with the bird species that can hunt in that sort of way. I think that's good because it's obviously not good to end up with a bird that you don't enjoy, that doesn't really hunt and doesn't really get you going. Um, i definitely say, yeah, Try and find a species of bird or something that sort of gets you going. Don't always follow the trend. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And obviously listen to everyone, chat a bit to everyone, sort of make your own sort of opinion on things. Don't, yeah, and again, sometimes it's also best to listen to one person, to follow that one person, but you're going to have to now figure that out and yeah, try and find that one person or you have to now listen to a couple people make sort of a uh, like an opinion on your own. And yeah, it's it's quite it's difficult falconry, you know. It's a lot of thought and so on has to go into it, and you have to yeah you know, think quite a bit on
1: <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah, sometimes discerning you know what the mm. best source for you to really yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> listen so, to at times. Yeah,
0: is and it's yeah you, know, you must just get out with people. That's the other thing. It's it's not it's obviously not good to be hang, hanging hanging out on your own because then you you don't see your own mistakes in contrast to other people that's definitely one thing you have to just be around other people that have experience and you'll see you don't always have to, you know, ask everything and talk to everyone. But if you just hang around them, you'll see it. even simple things with the way they manage the birds. And yeah, like this one guy said, um, uh, it was one guy in our club. He said, steal with your eyes. So I do that quite a bit. If I see something that someone does, that seems quite nice. I'll sort of take that idea or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: awesome you awesome. know i mean i guess as far as you know what do you uh what do you think you'll you'll want to do next oh
0: yeah i want to try all the birds <laughs> that's one thing Yeah, well, be careful about that too. That you can fall. That's that's a that's a trap you can Mm. fall into as well. You know,
1: speaking from experience. But well, like I said, I mean, I guess we can go ahead and and wrap up with that then. Unless you have anything else that you want to share, I think think I'm good. I've spoken (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) It's all good, man. Well, like I said, congrats again on your catch today. Thank you. And um, you know, hopefully we'll continue to see some cool stuff the rest of the week. I know it's supposed to rain again tomorrow. Yeah, well, we'll
0: we'll still go out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah
1: awesome well like i said thanks again for agreeing to do this and uh yeah let's uh let's go find something else to get into
0: awesome thank you Mm -hmm.